Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. This could be the end of the Israel-Palestine conflict once and for all. The actions taken by Hamas were considered so extreme that Israel says they are going to have a full siege of Gaza. 300,000 reservists are massing on the border, 250 airstrikes. Gaza, quote, will soon be a tent city, says Israeli official, as IDF launches 250 airstrikes in one hour. Now, of course, we're seeing from the far left, absolute defense of what Hamas did. And last night on Timcast IRL, we sat down with Max Blumenthal, and it was actually, I think it was a really great conversation. A lot of people don't like his views on the conflict. He takes a more uh, pro-Palestine view of things, and he's allowed to. Uh, Although I think I disagree with him in some respects, I think he was actually biased. But I think it was enlightening to hear him actually say, yes, Hamas does target civilians. What he basically said was, Hamas views the music festival for which they killed and kidnapped civilians as a target of opportunity. Their view is that they are in an open air prison, their land has been taken, and the only way to get concessions from Israel is to target civilians. All I can say is that's how you lose. You need international support and pressure. They call on the, on the far left, they call Israel an apartheid state. Apartheid was uh, largely defeated because of sanctions. The international community said to South Africa, this is no more. And so they eventually said, okay, fine, we'll end this system. What we have now is horrifying videos. And, and CBS said that they've received confirmation from an Israeli uh, emergency response official that children were killed beheaded, some of them babies. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, you come to me and you say you found beheaded babies. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know who that serves, even Hamas. But understand this. What we saw in a bunch of these videos were Hamas fighters opening fire in civilian areas. And so let's think about the reality for a moment. The idea of a beheaded baby is a shocking, shocking thing. But it borders on the on the extreme to the point where people have a hard time believing it. And there are many people who are completely skeptical that something like that would have happened. However, understand that as they're opening fire into 
civilian uh, homes and all the and, and, and just kidnapping and killing civilians, which is acknowledged even by people who are in support of the Palestinian people. You think kids aren't going to get caught in that crossfire? Yo, kids in Chicago get caught in that crossfire. Now, as for the idea that someone intentionally removed the head of a of an infant, it doesn't have to be so extreme. Uh, like the idea that Hamas went in there and intentionally did this, it could be that when you unload hundreds to thousands of rounds, the injuries could be rather severe and extreme when children are getting hit. So this is horrifying. But due to the severity and even the admission, I'll say it again. I mean, it, it, it is enlightening to hear, uh, you know, sitting down with Max. And I mean, no disrespect when he was explaining that, you know, Hamas tried the March of Return. Or I should say the Palestinian people tried what he called the March, what they call the March of Return, where they went to the fence, had their hands up and were unarmed. And he said Israel opened fire, opened fire on the, these individuals, shooting them in the legs and things like this. That's his view. I'm not saying I know for sure. I let him have his peace. But his response was that Hamas then uh, sees this, their only opportunity to get Israel to stop bombing certain targets and to release individuals from their jails is to target and kidnap civilians. Now, a lot of people are arguing that Israel knew this was coming. And once again, you know, there are a lot of people that really like that Max uh, came on the show and expressed his views. There's a lot of people who said that he was wrong and he was lying. I think it was absolutely important to hear the perspective of someone who's covered this extensively uh, from from the Israel side and, and from the Palestine side, despite his bias. And he said he had he admitted that I can respect that. He points out that they target civilians intentionally. And I think hearing that it, it clears the air. I mean, look, there's there's no there, there's no masking it. Right. This is what Hamas did. Here's my response. I don't want war. I don't want the U.S. involved. The U.S. is deploying a, a carrier strike a group and offering special forces. No, no, no. I don't want to be involved in this, but I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm not the government. I'm not a politician. And if I really want to take a strong moral stance, maybe I should run for office. Right. Well, I'm not going to do that. Therefore, I just say, look, man, I don't know. I am 90 some odd percent, 95 anti-intervention. You've got a lot of people right now calling for the funding and support of Israel over what Hamas did. But I think you just it's the worst thing for us to be involved in. The reason why I'm not an absolutist in terms of intervention is I recognize there are certain circumstances that will arise where we probably have to be involved. I know Cassandra Fairbanks deeply disagrees, but uh, I'm like 95 percent towards it. It's hard pressed. You know, you're hard pressed to find a circumstance where I think the U.S. should decide, hey, we're going to go get involved in that thing. What I more so mean is like if there is an attack on a U.S. industry and ally and then we have a treaty, there are certain circumstances where I think you can't be so absolute. That being said, these treaties can get us involved in World War Three. And we, we could be looking at something like that right now, considering what's going on in Eastern Europe. The last thing we need is for the U.S. to be involved. But don't take your uh, I'm not here to be a, an a arbiter of morality or truth. I just try to understand the news to the best of my ability and convey what is as close to possible as as a, a, a truth and objective reality as I can. And that's why I think it's important to have someone like Max Blumenthal on the show. So we know, I mean, yes, Hamas is targeting civilians. All of this is true. Now, the shocking thing, I suppose, is CBS now coming out saying Israel, Israelis uncover atrocities at a kibbutz. It's I, I, I'm sorry, like I got to tell you, even with CBS reporting this, I don't trust the mainstream media. And I think there are political reasons to make claims about beheaded babies, but there's only so much you can do. 
I leave it to you to, to decide. The news has reported this. CBS says they now have a, a, a statement. Let me, let, me, let me read this for you. You decide if you believe them or not. Okay? All, that's all I can say. CBS News reports, the death toll in the Israel-Hamas war continued to climb early Wednesday, the fifth day after the Palestinian military group launched a massive, highly coordinated terror attack on Israel from the Gaza Strip. The brutal attack has claimed more than 1,200 lives in Israel, including 14 Americans, and led Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to declare we are at war. Israeli military and civilian officials confirmed reports to CBS News on Wednesday of a massacre on a kibbutz near the Gaza border with an emergency response official saying he saw with his own eyes children among victims who were beheaded in the community. The first thing we heard was from I-24. I I believe that's Israeli state-funded media that they were hearing of beheaded babies. And I take these claims with a grain of salt. I mean, they're serious claims. It's, It's spattered all across social media, everyone repeating it. And I don't like these, 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 I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan. If it's true, it's true. So be it. My concern is we, we, we talked about this in the Nayira testimony yesterday on IRL and before where a woman came in in 1990 and said Saddam's forces were killing babies, pulling them from incubators and leaving them to die. And these kinds of stories often are used to invoke or evoke an emotional response from the American people or from someone, uh, you know, whatever, from people in general to justify international intervention on behalf of those claiming the atrocities. In this instance, you have Israel saying atrocities were committed. And the, the, the last thing I want to see is the U.S. get dragged into this over these emotional responses. But I, I do think it's funny. You have many who are uh, who oppose U.S. funding to Ukraine and question the legitimacy of U.S. intervention there, but support U.S. intervention with Israel. You're allowed to. I'm not saying it's hypocrisy to say we have no business in Ukraine and to claim we have business in Israel. Me, I'm more so justified to the American people, right? I don't I don't see good reasons. And I actually know a decent amount, not like a scholar or anything. I know a decent amount. And uh, I do think I do think there's a bit of hypocrisy here. I am not saying anybody who holds a position is a hypocrite, though. I think that would be silly. CBS goes on to say President Biden called the Hamas attack an act of sheer evil. And said American citizens were also among the dozens of civilians and Israeli troops being held as hostages by Hamas. I think things can get particularly bad right now. Nora O'Donnell from CBS saying they learned the Israel body recovery teams have discovered beheaded babies and children in a kibbutzim in southern Israel. This is now CBS as well as I-24 saying they've confirmed this. At what point do you accept that is true? The problem is it's a very, very extreme thing. Uh, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I will tell you this right now, having heard from basically the left and the right, Hamas targets civilians, and they cheer for it. Not every person on the left, but these far leftist groups are cheering for it. I, I just have to lean towards it's most likely true. I, I suppose the reasonable uh, approach is children probably got killed in the attack, and the injuries may be severe. I don't know that I would believe outright they'd go in and systematically just remove the heads of babies because it serves no real purpose. I suppose you could argue the ideological drive. And as uh, Max mentioned, this is a, this is a, a, a Gaza is a, an open air prison that is, is built on trauma, that these people suffer trauma every day. There's drones flying overhead. There's airstrikes from Israel. And so their whole life is trauma. I'm like, all of this just says to me the likelihood that they did do this is, 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 is high, high enough. So you think about it. Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. You have these uh, paragliders. They come in. And uh, Max's uh, assessment was that they were targeting military bases, and they did overrun them and humiliate the Israeli Defense Forces. But the landing at the music festival was a target of opportunity. Seeing that they could capture as many civilians as possible and use them as bargaining chips, they did. And I'm just like, if, if you're telling me that these people are generations of traumatized with hatred, vile hatred for, for Israel, and they know, they, they, they assert they will target civilians, all you're really saying is, if we get multiple reports that children were killed and babies were beheaded, and these people are so deeply traumatized having been born and bred in, in this open air prison, as they've described it, then, then you're telling me that there was motive and opportunity, right? What would the purpose be then of beheading a baby? To send a message, shock and, and gruesome awe to the people of Israel that they mean to end you. I'm sorry. It's retribution. It is it, it, desecration. It is insult to injury. That's why, you know, we hear these stories of, uh, of assaults and rapes. And it's like, right, they want to defile. They want it's 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 intended to insult, to deeply, deeply insult. And if that's the case, you know, my response to Max is. Then they lose and they lose fast because I I'm look, I'm an American. I, I've I, this this conflict's been going on for probably thousands of years and everyone's going to try and claim no, it's 1920, no, it's 1948, no, it's 1967. Look, man, I can tell you, I don't know. It's been going on forever, right? To someone like me that doesn't like the U.S. being involved, you have an opportunity to come to someone like me and say, how would you like to stop foreign aid to all these foreign countries and have America focus on itself? And I say, that sounds good. I mean, they, they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel that much of this foreign intervention is justified heavily. I understand the petrodollar argument. I understand the BRICS nations, IMF, all of that stuff. I don't see how the American people and the vision of the founding fathers is in line with foreign intervention. But then you go and make a very, very big mistake. The far left then celebrates, justifies these actions. And I'm just like, you've lost me. You've lost me. And that's it. Someone like me who is very uh, overwhelmingly, nearly absolutely anti-intervention is not going to defend your side with you when you celebrate in the streets. And that's what we saw yesterday, the day before these viral videos where they're cheering for the bombing of civilians. We now have reports coming out that they're firing rockets at the, uh, at the airport in, uh, in Tel Aviv. Well, we already saw a video of a woman saying, our resistance fighters 
target, you know, did, made these attacks and 5,000 rockets were fired reaching Tel Aviv. You can't come to me. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm so pissed off at this. I despise the far left. I, I'm, I, I just, I, they're evil people. And so now I'm confronted with a far left that is, in my view, not every single one, but many of these individuals, abject evil. And you ask me then, whose side am I on? I'm like, well, dude, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to be on the side of anybody in these foreign conflicts. But I believe Israel more than I believe Palestine, Hamas, Gaza, whatever you want to call it. I'll tell you why. They tell us that Palestine is not Hamas. These poor civilians being bombed. Well, we know that Hamas uses hospitals, schools, mosques to store weapons and to, to operate out of. Israel then targets them. The, the, the left then comes and says, look, they're attacking civilians. So these, these, these Palestinians are not Hamas. And I'm like, OK, OK, I hear you. And then in public streets, they cheer when Hamas targets civilians. They call the civilians targeted evil colonizers. And I'm just like, OK, I can't stand the far left. I'm trying to be reasonable. And I'm more of the libertarian, anti-war, anti-intervention side. But when you come to me and ask to defund Israel and I say, OK, I'm listening. And then you celebrate that Hamas killed civilians. I see where this is really going. You don't genuinely believe that the people of Palestine are not Hamas. You don't care. You're only saying that to trick me into backing away so that you can go and massacre more civilians and use them as bargaining chips. That is not to say I agree with foreign intervention. Not at all. But you will not get support from me as you cheer for the killing of civilians, the killing of children. And they do. In another viral video, a man said that resistance fighters, he called them resistance fighters, stormed a music festival and took several dozen hipsters who they're probably doing fine now. Yeah, they're dead or being held captive and uses bargaining chips and they cheer for it. Why would I defend any of these individuals? And, and again, with respect to Max Blumenthal coming on the show outright saying, yes, Hamas does this. I'm like, then it's clear. There is no argument. The far left lies. They'll come out and they'll say, no, you know, Hamas and the Al-Qassam brigades, they don't represent, you know, the Palestinian people. And when when uh, Israel then bombs these schools and these media centers, they're hurting civilians. And I'm like, dude, you don't actually believe that. So spare me your crocodile tears and your lies. You know, they they uh, one of the things that was brought up is that the Hamas charter uh, initially called for the eradication of the Jewish people and Christians, I believe. And it was revised in 2017. According to Forward, it was revised uh, in 2017 because Hamas was losing popularity and won uh, uh, their elections by only a plurality, 44 percent. And thus they softened the language to remove calls for eradication, though it still says from the river to the sea. They still assert their claim over the entirety of this land. There are a lot of questions. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. Sorry. I am not a scholar on the Israel-Palestine conflict or, you know, what does Ian bring up, the Balfour Agreement or anything like this? I don't know. I can only tell you right now, as someone who doesn't like the U.S. being involved in all these conflicts, I seek resolution. And what is it? I don't see one. I really don't. I really don't see one. What I see is a far left that celebrates the killing of civilians. And I see Israel that often desperately tries to downplay the killing of civilians. That's all I can do. All I can do. 
When Israel bombs a target, they say it is being used by Hamas to fire rockets at us. And I say, okay, for what purpose does Israel have to Israel have to indiscriminately kill civilians? They don't have one. They, 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 they potentially lose international support and funding and financing if they do. So the view from Israel is that they're only targeting what they need to, because where would Hamas operate of anyway? If you take a look at Gaza, I'm not saying I like the situation. I'm not saying the people who in Palestine are under uh, living in, in, in a good situation at all. No. And there are many people who don't like Hamas. I can totally respect that. The problem is it's war. And because of what we've seen, even the admission of the far left that Hamas does this. Israel is now amassing on the border. The U.S. is sending a strike group, and this could be definitively, definitively the end of Gaza. They said it's going to be a tent city. They're going to flatten it. I'm just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a humanitarian crisis. But what does that say for, for Israel and the victims who are currently being held hostage? It's crazy. I don't have the answers. What I can tell you, though, is this. I think last night's conversation was fairly enlightening. And that's why I find myself typically more so in agreement with Israel, though I, I don't really know. I can say this. Picture me as as someone who's actually I've been to Israel. I have uh, uh, not been to, to Gaza or the West Bank or anything like that. I've been to Tel Aviv and uh, I, I've been in many conflicts. I've been to Ukraine several times. So I, I know a little bit more than the average person, the average person not having ever been to Israel. You have an opportunity to convince me what we, you know, to, to be involved in finding solutions. But when Israel comes out and says, our civilians are being targeted and killed and our children are being killed, I say, okay, wow, that's a bold claim. And then Hamas says, yeah, we do that. And left, leftists say, yeah, yep, that's the, that's a strategy. And they're justified in doing so because they're at war. I'm like, okay, war it is. And you lose. That's it. I'm sorry, you lose. Israel has the power. And it seems from the left's perspective, because Israel has the power, they're the bad guys. I do not. I do not. I, I reject that. Sorry. Having power does not make you evil. It was funny because I heard Christian Amanpour say this. I was in um, uh, Marrakesh at an event called News Exchange. All these journalists were there. I had called for the firing of every journalist <laughs> on stage. This is great. It's like a decade ago. I got invited to speak about new media technologies. And I boldly said on stage to like thousands of, of people in corporate media, they should all be fired because they don't understand the current methodology and technology of the, of the news media system. And uh, I stand by that. But while there, Christian Amanpour was there, and she said, the left holds this view, I'm paraphrasing, that power is inherently evil, and that if you have power, you're bad. She said, I reject it. That's not true. Having power doesn't make you bad. She's right. Just because Israel has the means to defend itself does not make it evil. And so you can argue and I heard it from Max, 1948, Israeli militants forced Palestinians from their homes and seized this land. Welcome to war. I'm not a fan of war. That's it. Whatever, whatever you want to claim. Yep. These people lost and they were removed. Israel now has control over the region, over these territories. Civilians who were born there and who moved there have no knowledge of this. I mean, of course, they, 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 they know about what happened. What I mean to say is they were not involved. I will not blame this 20 year old German Israeli national dancing at a party for the actions of people 75 years ago. But Hamas 
believes they are justified. At a certain point, the war has to end. And this conflict is an ongoing multi-generational conflict. I don't know the solutions, but I can tell you pragmatically and uh, without passion, which many of the pro-Palestinian people will absolutely reject. At this point, we see Israel has effective and total control. The solution is not at this point for Hamas to fire a bunch of rockets at civilians, kidnap a bunch of civilians. There is no circumstance I see where they win this. That being said, if the U.S. loses its international standing and the petrodollar falls, Israel is going to be smashed from every side. This could get bad and it could go full full scale World War Three. I know these, these opinions. I'm not a scholar on the issue. All I am is someone who hates war and despises the killing of civilians. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. And here's what we have. Hamas admits it, man. What is Israel going to do? Well, you've just given them their cast's belly. You've given them everything they could need in the international uh, uh, on the international front for support to go in and destroy. This will be the most extreme escalation of action by Israel since 1948. And uh, I I don't want to put words in Max's mouth. I think I think it was a really great conversation. I respect the gray zone and the work they do. Um, You know, even if we we disagree on a lot of things, I really do. uh, I, I really I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. And a lot of people don't like him. And, you know, like, look, man, someone who's willing to come here and tell you their views is good. And I felt like the conversation was honest, despite his bias. And what do I know? Right. But if even they're going to acknowledge, right, that this is going to be, you know, Max is saying, like, he agreed this this is going to be the most dramatic escalation. There's very few solutions to what's going on with Israel and Palestine. If it's an open air prison, then, then that's it. Israel wants to keep people who seek to massacre Israeli citizens, including Arab Israelis. They want to keep them out. What's the argument, man? Hamas says they're justified in taking civilians. Then what am I supposed to say when they're like, we want to we want to control who comes in and out of Gaza? I'm like, a lot of these people want to kill Israelis. Then they say, yeah, well, Israeli soldiers are killing them. I'm like, look, man, all I can tell you is Israelis playing the PR right then. If that were true, Israel saying we don't want to kill civilians and we try not to, and Hamas saying we will and we do, then you've got a good and bad. The end result, the only solutions, they say, a two-state solution, potentially, I don't know how you maintain that. What, the Palestinian Authority and the West Bank asserting authority over, over the Gaza Strip or something? Egypt's involved as well. 
And everyone often ignores this, the Rafa crossing into Egypt. Egypt doesn't want these individuals. And Max described it as for the same reason that Mexico doesn't want Honduras pouring into their borders. They don't want millions of refugees pouring into their country, which is a, which already has a weak state. So then what's the answer? The only way this conflict ends is if Palestine is completely wiped off the map or Israel opens it up, lets them all just, you know, gets rid of this border crossing. It says free movement for all. And what, what will you get? Honestly, in my opinion, civil war. 2.5 million people in Gaza. The border is completely open, unchecked. There, uh, there are many individuals who are going to arm up and maintain that view from the river to the sea. I'm sorry, there's no solution. And if <clears throat> Israel were to just tear down the fences and say free movement for all, I think you'll see war and massacres, conflict, shooting, killings. So sorry, man, I don't have the answers for you. The end result in all of this is going to be war. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. We'll get more into domestic politics and stuff like that. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A tweet from Black Lives Matter Chicago that is going viral since been deleted. It's an image of a paraglider with a Palestinian flag, and they tweeted, that is all, that is it. The image says, I stand with Palestine. Understanding the context is actually quite simple. Community Notes on Twitter gives us the information saying October 7th, 2023, Hamas terrorists attacked a music festival full of civilians. Without warning, they killed at least 260 and kidnapped an unknown number. They are not known for paragliding in other circumstances. So this post implies support of their activities. That's right, my friends. BLM Chicago's Twitter account. I don't know how many. Let's see how many. Are they very big? 60,000 followers overtly supporting the, the attack on civilians. And it's a wake up call. A lot of people are now waking up to the news that the far left you supported are extremists, are violent, are terrorists. This, my friends, I think is a major shift in the culture war, and it is going to be brutal for Democrats. No question. How many Democrats will now have to back away and reject the squad? AOC saw the writing on the wall. She tried playing to both sides on this one, saying Islamophobia and anti-Semitism, it's all bad. Targeting of civilians is bad. Yeah, I think AOC is the next Pelosi. Max Blumenthal said the next Obama. Wow. And wokeness tweeted two tweets, two images from David Weissman. And uh, I, I have tremendous respect for David for this. I do. I really do. He says on, uh, on May 4th, 2021, I will never stop saying black lives matter and may even get a shirt myself. And then on October 10th, just yesterday, he said, F them. Maybe the right was right about black lives matter. It's a wake up call because BLM we're not talking about them saying the people of Palestine have been oppressed in an open air prison and Israel are oppressors. No, 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 no. They're outright saying this this operation, which was terror, not military. And I'll stress this. I'll defer to to uh, Max Blumenthal to formulate my opinion, his opinion reserved for him. But he said initially, while the Palestinians, uh, Hamas, were targeting military bases, the music festival is a target of opportunity, and they know that kidnapping civilians is grants them bargaining chips against Israel. And I, I, I think it's fair to say 
His view on this is completely different from mine, but that's that's what he said. My takeaway from this is, yeah, it's terrorists. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what it is. Uh, I heard this the other day. Perhaps naive, whatever. Don't know, don't care. If Hamas ushered away the civilians, stood firm on the territory and said, this land belongs to the people of Palestine or whatever it was, and engaged in a conflict directly with the Israeli military, it'd be very, very different. It would be very different. Instead, it was a target of opportunity to kill civilians for this. The far left, we see them for who they are. This is a shift in the culture war, as I was saying. As many in the neoliberal and liberal sides are, are now going to have to contend with the fact that you are overtly aligned with people who proudly cheer for this in the streets. That's what's happening. Well, let's break this down. The New York Post reports a Black Lives Matter chapter in Chicago is under fire for seeming to celebrate Hamas attacks on Israeli civilians. Seeming to? They literally did. A disgusting and disgraceful social media post. The post on X, formerly Twitter, includes an image of a person paragliding with a Palestinian flag attached to its parachute with I stand with Palestine written beneath. BLM Chicago also posted a number of cartoons depicting somebody expressing outrage over the attacks on Israel, while another calmly lists off talking points blaming Israel for the situation. This isn't about Hamas. This is about Palestinians' right to resist 75 years of Israeli settlers colonizing their native land. And that's it. They told us who they were, what they believed and what they wanted. The Marxist, the decolonized movement, and how many corporations stood behind this. I am sickened and I am insulted, but I'm glad to see it. This is the importance of free speech. Imagine if Elon Musk said, no, no, we can't have this hate speech and deleted it. No, the people must know this is what Black Lives Matter is. And I want to give a great shout out to Amazon and Walmart and all the corporations that paraded around the BLM message when we knew for a very long time that Black Lives Matter leaders were deeply anti-Semitic. Now, of course, I don't care for the leftist tropes about how everyone on the right is Nazis or whatever. Shut up. Even the Anti-Defamation League is, is suspiciously mum as to the people they overtly support and the idea ideology they back. Jonathan Greenblatt runs the ADL. He appeared on MSNBC criticizing them, saying, what do you, this is not a, a, a mili- these are not militants, these are terrorists. Who writes these scripts, bro? This is who you aligned with, and we warned you. Now, I am not going to come out and be like, everyone who's critical of Israel is an anti-Semite. That's stupid. There are legitimate foreign policy concerns for what Israel does, what Gaza does. However, me, as just like someone who views this with cursory knowledge, I don't see any justification, none, for what Hamas did. That, that's it. Sorry. Israel has a right to defend themselves. And just because they have the power to do so does not make them the evil aggressor. That's it. It's a war. The people on the left play this game of they're being oppressed, therefore they're in the right by whatever means necessary. Understand this, liberals, what we've all been saying for a long time. The things they've been saying about by any means necessary, they will kill. They have they have spray painted messages. It is a trope among the left. Liberals get the bullet, too, they say they will kill. This is what they support. And, you know, honestly, I am so grateful for free speech. I am so grateful that they are allowed to post these things on X 
on Twitter, because now we can expose them and just say, remember what we've been telling you about? It's right here. Malcolm Nance is losing it. Let me see if uh, I have this tweet for Malcolm Nance. He says, effing delete this tweet and your account now. You may support Hamas, but not the African-American community. I'm sorry, dude. There are many prominent individuals who are big fans of Farrakhan and the things he said about the Jewish people. You don't get to now all of a sudden act surprised these people harbor these views. They are hateful, evil people. He says, apparently, many of you did not notice the paraglider in the flyer that equates support of the Hamas use of paragliders at the mass murder of 260 festival goers. GD, y'all don't get it. You're showing solidarity with this unique Hamas terrorist tactic, not the Palestinian people. They don't care, dude. It's the same thing. Remarkable, man. I want to show you this uh, uh, tweet from Jake Tapper. Or I'm sorry, this is a tweet from Steve Guest about Jake Tapper telling us what many, what many people already knew to be true for so long, finally waking up. This does, these last few days have been a real uh, eye-opening period for a lot of people, a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives, in terms of anti-Semitism on the left. A lot of people who seem more shocked at dehumanizing language uh, used by world leaders to describe Hamas than what Hamas actually perpetrated on Saturday. You know, I, I, I've explained this before. What Antifa and the far left is, it is the one ring. That's identity politics. That's the far left. That's wokeness. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. These Democrats, these neolibs, these corporate media types thought they could wield it, a gift against our enemies. You can't control it. You can't wield it. And they knew what they were getting involved with. Abject evil. The people who laugh and celebrate death. Don't get me wrong. I've seen the videos out of New York of pro-Israel people calling for the Palestinian people to be killed. I've seen the people on Twitter saying that Israel should just wipe out Gaza. These people are not good people either, but that's not the majority. And it is, it is an inverse. What do I tend to see? And why do I hold the positions I do? Typically, what you will get from the right is slow down there, Democrats. How does that translate here? People like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is obviously agitated right now. To say the least, the dude is heated. And I completely understand why. And I respect it. I certainly think that, uh, uh, as they often say, cooler heads prevail. And we have to be careful about getting too heated. But I do, I totally understand it 100%. We're looking at civilians being killed and kidnapped for bargaining chips. There's no justification for this. And I can see why 
uh, Ben Shapiro is, 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 is so upset about this. But guess what? Ben Shapiro still stands on the ground of innocent civilians shouldn't die. Wow. That's amazing. So when it comes to what's happening with Gaza, Ben Shapiro's position tends to be more reserved, meaning Israel doesn't want to kill civilians. Israel wants to stop Hamas. Civilians are collateral damage. That's a bad thing. It's why I don't like war and why I'm fairly anti-intervention. The U.S.'s use of military tactics in countries we are not at war with, artillery, drone strikes, etc., and it's just collateral damage, more civilians dead. B.S. I don't like it. It's bad. What do you do in war? See, when the U.S. bombs, say, like a civilian restaurant in Yemen killing an American citizen, that's evil. And Obama should be criminally charged for it. When you're directly at war and civilians die as collateral damage, it is bad. There should be an accounting for this. But war, actual declared war between an enemy combatant is different from what Obama did in Yemen. That is to say, while I am overwhelmingly 90 plus percent anti-intervention, I do understand the nuances of if we are, say, at war with Germany because they're executing people and invading other countries and we target military targets and there are civilian casualties, we try to avoid civilian casualties while taking out military targets. It is a sad thing and we all get yelled at for it. I'm not a fan of it. But I can understand war happens sometimes and it's not even to think you have to defend yourselves or there's conflict. It is. We should not be the aggressors. We should be more defensive. But it is complicated. It seems to be the stance of conservatives, mostly and not absolutely, mostly that civilian casualties in Gaza are a bad thing. It seems to be among the far left, civilian casualties are to be celebrated. I am sickened by this. It is evil. So what is the bigger picture? Well, what I tend to see with this conflict is that Israel responds to Hamas. Hamas, the left, Palestinian activists argue that Israel's kept them stolen their land. I'm like, it's war. I get it. It's war. I don't see why you think you're going to win this far left by killing civilians. They don't care. They say the civilians are illegal settlers and colonizers. They view you all as evil. I don't. I don't blame some 20 year old woman who went to a rave and was dancing because 75 years ago, a war broke out in which one side won. I do not see the strategy in killing or kidnapping 20 something year olds who have no idea what's going on. They don't care. You are evil. That's the absolutism of the far left that does not exist on the far right. Or I should say on the right. I should say the far right. My point is this. There are elements of the right who are pro-Israel. The reason I want to differentiate from far right is because when you whatever, I don't know what far right really means, because these people aren't like free market capitalists. It's just like authoritarianism, whereas the left are absolutely far left economically. But there are elements of the right, as people may describe them, who are uh, pro-Israel and extremely aggressive and, and, and evil, in my opinion. But it seems to be the tendency on the, on the right to understand civilian casualties are a bad thing. And it seems to be the tendency on the far left to accept them. Now, there are liberals who will argue that uh, uh, here's a, here's the thing. Many of these liberals, like we see this uh, from David Weissman. Let me uh, pull this up. Yeah, he's he's not for what Black Lives Matter is saying, but he's pro-Israel. I've not seen the leftist pro-Palestinian with the reasonable approach to 
this shouldn't happen. You know, uh, uh, with all due respect to Max Blumenthal who came on yesterday, he actually said Hamas is using this tactic because they want bargaining chips. He didn't go as far as to say it was good that civilians were being killed or anything like that because we would like, you know, but he recognized what they were doing and the purpose of it. Okay. I think this is going to be a dramatic shift in the culture war with this clip from Jake Tapper. What will Democrats now do? I want to play this clip for you. Andy No tweets this out. Palestine celebration rally in Dearborn, Michigan. Quote, when you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see Palestinian flags. When you go to a white supremacy rally, you see Israeli flags. This is why I say these people are all evil. Here's the Anti-Defamation League. White supremacist leaders are openly celebrating Hamas's attack on Israel, cheering explicit depictions of violence against Israelis. What was that? So don't let them get it twisted. This is not complicated. When you go to a Black Lives Matter rally, you see Palestinian flags. When you go to a white supremacy rally, you see Israeli flags. This is not complicated. When Zionists march down the street, they say death to Arabs. When we march down the street, we say free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. This is not difficult, everybody. So don't let them get it twisted. You see the lies? I don't know what else to tell you. They don't, they say free, free Palestine. That's true. They also say from the river to the sea. Dude, this guy hyper-focusing on something that is not common, death to Arabs. What, who's saying that? Get out of here. This is just nonsense. But let me tell you, on the left at a Palestinian celebration, celebration rally defending Black Lives Matter, they say white supremacists support Israel. The Anti-Defamation League says white supremacists support Hamas. You see the game they play? Enough. This is a major shift in the culture war. Get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen, because they cannot maintain this. David Weisman says, I'm sure I'm losing followers because of my support for Israel. And that's fine. What goes on there is very personal to me, especially since I have family that lives there. It shouldn't be hard for anyone to condemn Hamas and Iran who funds them. He's correct. And this is a guy who is former Trump supporter, and now he's a Democrat and all of that stuff. Yeah, man, look, I have no problem with saying it is bad. The, what is happening in Gaza. I do not like the situation they, these people live in. It is traumatic. And there are, there are questions we have about what Israel does, especially in the West Bank. Sure. Okay. Uh, now, just the past several days, Hamas killed civilians. Far leftists justified it. And that is abjectly evil and wrong. What am I supposed to do? You want to try and win me over and say Israel's an apartheid state. I'm like, yeah, well, like, you know, I'm sorry, man. Hamas is explicitly using the tactic of killing civilians, opening fire. There's a video of people in a car and they run up and they just kill the guys. They kill the people inside. Why? 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 Because they said it in the streets. The far left said these are evil colonizers, illegal settlements and and evil colonizers. Illegal. Illegal. That's what they're saying, right? Is it a joke? You know, look, man, let's talk logic and reason. I am born into a country. Um, my family, uh, for the most part, emigrated here at various times and were not here during the early colonial period. Like there are many Americans who descend from, you know, colonists who came way back. Obviously, many people do. Um, I don't know anything about what was here before. I live here now. This is my native country. I'm from here. My family is from here. My, 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 my grandparents. Not all of them, actually, you know, uh, part Korean. 
What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just lay down and say, take from me everything that I have? Why? No. These leftists who are like decolonize. Do you know what they're saying when they say decolonize? They're outright saying what Hamas is doing. The civilians who are living in these homes, watering their flowers, do not fight. And many of them who are upset about the current state of affairs in Israel and want peace with Palestine, they get gunned down in cold blood. Reminds me of the scene from Game of Thrones. You may have seen it where uh, uh, the Khaleesi, Daenerys Targaryen, takes over this city and the city had slaves. So what does she do? She kills all the nobles of the slave oppressor class. Excellent writing. In one scene, a young man comes before her and says, my father was a good man. He fought against slavery. He fought to free slaves and you killed him. Because the world is not so simple. But Daenerys was so sure that there was an oppressor and oppressed. These people are are naive children and they are malicious evil. Not every single one. Not every single one. I don't think Max Blumenthal is evil. No, certainly not. I think there are people who are concerned about the plight of the Palestinian people. I respect that tremendously. But when it comes to what we saw, you must denounce it. There's no question. If Israel targets a, a media center, this was a big this was a big deal. Max brought it up. Why blow up the media center? I'm sorry, but the left lies so much. I'm going to need some context. And it's hard for me to make a strong moral stance denouncing Israel having targeted what you describe as a media center, because we know that Hamas uses civilian uh, buildings for their weapons depots and, and, and as bases. What am I supposed to say? It's admitted. We know they do it. Now, I don't want a media center blown up. I don't. I don't want civilians targeted. But how am I supposed to believe the people who are celebrating the killing of civilians? So that's 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 it for me, man. I don't have the answers for you because I know the far left lies about so much. Why would I believe him? That's I don't know. Sorry, I don't want to be involved, to be completely honest. But here we are. AOC finally breaks ranks with hateful eight squad members. Wow. And condemns appalling anti-Semitic rallies in New York and across the U.S. as shocking footage of pro-Hamas mob mocking Jewish people with images of murdered Israeli uh, Israelis emerge. Yeah, that's AOC. But she did try and play a kind of uh, middle of the road approach of like, we must condemn all of it. But she did say that these people do not speak for everyone. And there are people in New York who are celebrating the death of Palestinians as well. Here's the problem. Civilians should not be killed. We, we want to help the Palestinian people. I certainly do. I don't want war. What do I say when someone says, when they celebrate what Hamas did? When, when, when people like Ben Shapiro say, we don't want to kill civilians, it's collateral damage that it's bad. I say, well, okay, I get that. Like, what can we do to minimize civilian casualties? And he says, you know, we, we, uh, Israel warns uh, the people of Gaza before the strikes. They tell them to evacuate, things like that, before they strike the targets. Sometimes civilians still get hit. And I'm like, well, I don't like it. I don't. I understand what he's saying. Then you get the left saying it is good. And I'm like, okay, that's evil. Sorry. Have a nice day. But anyway, look, I I said it 50 million times. I just keep saying it over and over. Look, my point is this. Democrats are going to have to wake up to the reality of what they supported. I think now we take these these statements from BLM Chicago, from these leftists. And any time one of these corporations wants to defend their crack pot ideologies like critical race theory, would you say, is that what you're supporting? Because that's what they've done. And boy, 
the culture war is going to shift here in a rather interesting way. This will ring on every advertisement and every every political statement in 2024 that this is what the Democrats supported. And we warned them. That's it. We'll see how this plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Well, this story may be shocking, and I hope everyone is getting prepared for an emergency, whether it's a first aid kit, emergency food, uh, water, or supplies. It is not just Hamas reportedly calling for jihad worldwide and to be martyrs. We have much lighter statements, but still reckless and serious coming from Lindsey Graham, who said we're in a religious war and calls for Israel to level the place. The bloodlust is terrifying and it's palpable. And I think most regular people don't want any of it. I don't think the Israeli civilians wanted any of it. And I don't think that the majority of Palestinians want any of it. But conflict is conflict. And sometimes people don't back down. And I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you this is uh, this one's this one's scary. I don't like when I hear Republicans, anyone for that matter, saying we should be involved. We should intervene. We should go to war. No blowback. The actions we take in my generation, I've not seen a successful intervention by the U.S. It's all been a disaster. So no. But now we have the founding member of Hamas, Khalid Mashal, calling for global jihad. So I hope you are vigilant. I hope to whatever capacity you are capable, you are protecting yourself, your friends, your family. I recommend uh, looking into Second Amendment provisions. What I mean to say is, like, I can't tell you how to defend yourself, but I think you should do the research and figure it out and find someone who can give you the proper advice on self-defense. American Military News reports the leader and founding member of Hamas, Khalid Mashal, reportedly called for a global jihad on Tuesday, asking Muslims around the world to target the people of Israel on Friday, October 13th. So please take care of yourselves. Stay safe and stay alert. Don't panic. That's the last thing that I want anyone to do. But I think we should take this stuff seriously. Because again, I'll, I'll, I mentioned this. I think I have the clip I can pull up somewhere. We have uh, Khalid. Ma- Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. I'll play this for you. Short clip from Lindsey Graham. We're in a religious yeah. war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. That kind of language is going to result in backlash, blowback. And when you've got Hamas saying global jihad attack Jews worldwide, and you've got Lindsey Graham saying level the place, that's the video they're going to play when they justify their attacks on other innocent civilians. Now, I get it. I get it. Lindsey Graham, you know, if you want to express support for Israel in this to defend themselves, that I get. But saying we're in a religious war and to level the place is beyond irresponsible for a person in his position. Let's read the story from American Military News, and then we'll look at uh, where we are. Video of Michelle's call to violence was posted on YouTube and remains up on the platform as of Wednesday at 10 a.m., according to a translation and analysis of the video by Brother Rashid. Michelle reportedly referred to his proposed day of anger as the Friday of Al-Aqsa flood, which will, quote, send a message of rage to Zionists and to America. The most important thing. 
He asked all Muslims around the world to carry jihad by their souls to fight and be martyrs for Al-Aqsa. He wants Muslims to fight against the Jews, starting with Muslims who live in countries surrounding Israel. Or I should explain. He said this is the this is the time for jihad to be applied on the ground rather than just in theory. He asked the Mujahideen to go in long caravans. I, I can't I can't read the rest of this. American military news is certified by NewsGuard 100 out of 100. The video can be seen up on YouTube, but I will stress I don't speak Arabic. And as much as I've played the video, I don't know exactly what he's saying. And we're relying on this translation. That being said, considering the escalation we are seeing, I hope you are all taking this seriously. For most of you, you'll see nothing. Likely nothing will happen. But the, the big concern is that our southern border is porous. We've now had many politicians call out that Ron DeSantis and uh, Kevin McCarthy, clearly not a big fan of McCarthy. I am a fan of DeSantis, just not his campaign. But I think it's plain as day to anybody who's looking at a porous border knows that our security is completely compromised here. And I have fears about what's going to happen on of all days, Friday the 13th. Come on. Yikes. And here we are. How has the media played this? And it's crazy to see this clip of Lindsey Graham. I mean, even I think I have Matt Walsh here. Matt Walsh tweeting, Lindsey Graham, a sitting U.S. senator, has just casually declared the U.S. is in a holy war. Absolutely reckless and insane. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and, and I recommend um, I recommend you take a look at what Ben Shapiro has been tweeting. Uh, I recommend you take everything with a grain of salt. You keep a level head about things. Don't panic. But, uh, dude. I'm sorry, dude. These videos are undeniable. You got a video of a car that was torched and there's there's burned out bodies in it that I can't verify. I don't know what that is, you know, and I, and I, and I, I can I can just try and say, OK, oh, you know, all right, right. You know, there is a preponderance of evidence to suggest this is likely legit. We need hard confirmation. It's hard to get. I'm sorry, but there are other videos that are completely undeniable. Security camera footage of civilians being shot in their cars. More than one video of this. Of, of people breaking into homes, the, 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 man, the videos of civilians crying and being dragged away and the celebrations of the far left. This is conflict and it's escalating. And of course, the U.S. is involved. I wish I wish it wasn't true. But the fear is that Hamas, Hamas supporters, and these far leftists will begin attacking targets around the world, which includes the U.S. And even before Friday, but maybe Friday, because of the U.S.'s support for Israel. Take a look at this. CBC instructed reporters not to label Hamas terrorists, according to a leaked email. Do not refer to militants, soldiers, or anyone else as terrorists, the guideline stated. You know, look, there is a time for militants and a time for terrorists. For instance, if uh, uniformed soldiers begin a military operation where they're targeting military targets in a coordinated military fashion, say militants, that could be Hamas. But when you see them taking a target of opportunity and killing civilians, terrorism. The targeting of civilians is not a military operation. It's, intend, it's intended to instill fear in a civilian population who otherwise could be easily controlled. Seriously. This is the thing about civilians and why uh, you shouldn't kill them, because they typically are powerless. When they raided this music festival, they could have just surrounded it, told everyone to sit down, and they would have. They could have said, everyone get in your cars and leave, and they would have. Instead, they just decided they're going to kill and capture as many as they can. That's terrorism. They want people there to be terrified of what they will do to them. But these people are not are not military. 
They can be easily removed from this land and the land could be reclaimed if that was the issue. If Hamas said the land belongs to us, they could have walked up with their guns and leave now. Instead, they killed people. This is what you're getting from the corporate press and the mainstream media. Greg Price says, holy issue can't make this up. The New York Times published a story referring to Hamas as terrorists and then changed it to gunmen. I just I'm just highlighting this stuff to tell you, man. I, I hope you get what conflict is. It's not going to be so simple. I, I, I think you should look at some of the videos posted by Ben. You should absolutely look at videos posted by the left as well. Understand what this conflict is and could be and um, what conflict in general will be. Because there's that Andrew Tate video I highlighted the other day where he said, you will beg. If, 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 this, if this conflict comes to your doorstep, you will beg. And he's right. You will cry and you will pray that the conflict ends. My favorite movie, The Patriot, Mel Gibson. That scene where Mel Gibson's character, what's his name, Benjamin? He says, you know, if, 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 you're, if you're saying that we should have independence, I agree. If we should have, uh, if we should not be taxed without, uh, there should be no taxation without representation. I completely agree. But if you're calling for war with Britain, then I absolutely disagree. Mark my words, this war will not be fought on some far off battlefield. It will be fought in your front yard, uh, in your front yard, in front of your children, and they will learn about these horrors with their own eyes. It's an amazing line. It's also interesting to see that his character's unwillingness to engage. Ultimately, his children die. He was ill prepared for it. He was right about the conflict. But my point is simply this. That line represents something. It means something. People do not understand just how serious this will be. When Lindsey Graham comes out and says, level the place. Sure. Wealthy, protected. He's got government protection. They'll circle the wagons around him. What does he have to worry about? But the regular people of this country and many others are going to bear the brunt of war. I wish I had simple answers for you, my friends, but I do not. I can only tell you to please take care of yourselves and do what you must to protect yourselves, to be prepared to survive. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So a bunch of woke Harvard students backed Hamas. And uh, for this, Wall Street says that they're going to blacklist them. Oh, boy. And now there is a panic among many of these students, realizing they may have just ended their career by siding with terrorists. And I get it. I know there are a lot of people, they have said, Tim, we're not allowed to criticize Israel and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm not a fan of censorship. To certain degrees, I am. Like like uh, explicit videos of, uh, of child abuse and things like that, right? There's some censorship. We get it. We get it. We're, we're nuanced here at TimCast. I'm not so sure that someone saying, I don't want to hire you is the same as you getting fired for something you said 10 years ago. So let me break down my position on this, and then I'll show you what they said and uh, how they're responding now. These far leftists for too long have been in these institutions where they have wielded power against anyone who said a naughty word. It was ridiculous. They found out 10 years ago, you tweeted something, you're fired. That's stupid. I don't even agree with firing someone for uh, depending on what they've said now. I think, right, I said this the other day, I was talking about Mia Khalifa. If someone at Timcast said something that was like shockingly depraved, my initial response would probably be like, why would you want to work here? Nobody likes what you said, and you just created a bunch of tension between you and everyone else. I don't know that I want to fire someone over this, though. We've had, we have people who tweet things, and I'm like, you know, tweet what you want. Oh, this is really funny. Somebody tweeted at me. They were like, Timcast, do you know what Cassandra Fairbanks is saying? And I'm like, <laughs> Cassandra Fairbanks is one of my best friends. 
She says a whole bunch of things. Dude, there's no circumstance in which she gets fired for her, her, her spicy tweets. Sorry. Just don't even bother tweeting at me. I am very pro-free speech. I am very anti-cancel culture. But I do have my limits as well because I think it's more about moral lines. If somebody who worked here started posting videos of children being murdered and civilians being murdered and were celebrating and cheering it on and saying really awful things, yeah, I'd probably ask them to leave. I, I, it is what it is. Cancel culture, in my view, it's not about you should never fire someone for saying naughty things. No. Uh, and then and you got people on the right saying, like, we don't want t- children indoctrinated. No. Hold on there a minute. Some censorship is good, right? We don't want these books in schools. You can't just outright be like, book banning is wrong. Well, it depends on the book, I guess. But political messages and certain ideas shouldn't be banned. Children should learn about them. I don't think critical race theory, for instance, should be banned in schools. Critical race praxis should be. Meaning, at a certain degree, you can teach children what critical race theory's ideas represent, but not indoctrinate them to it. However, I think children should be indoctrinated to American values. Some things should be censored. And even I have my lines when it comes to firing someone over speech. I really do. I think most of you would agree. If you worked at a company and people were posting videos of bodies being burned to death and people screaming and begging for their lives and somebody was gloating and cheering for it, you'd probably want to fire them too, which was Mia Khalifa. But I have to be honest. I think when it comes to this conflict, if there was a controversial statement made by someone who worked with me, I'd probably talk to them about it and say, look, man, these are the kind of things that lose the, the, the political. Con- I, I, I would have a talk with them over it. And uh, I got to be honest, like I have I'm 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 pretty. Uh, people have said controversial things. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not going to fire them, but I have my lines. I have my limits. Let's talk about this. Harvard students will be blacklisted by Wall Street after joining 31 organizations that blamed Israel for the Palestine war. Harvard students have been warned they have jeopardized their futures after putting out a statement blaming Israel for the horrific Hamas attacks. Billionaire hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is among wealthy business chiefs who say they want the students named and shamed so they don't get jobs. Uh, I am for this. I'll tell you why. The woke left has taken people's jobs and sponsorships and advertisers away with lies and manipulation. And now they will reap what they have wrought on themselves. Sorry. Look, man, I've said this a while ago. I will defend free speech for those who believe in free speech. And for those who request cancel culture and censorship, I will make your wish come true. Look, a lot of people keep saying, Tim, you have to defend free speech for everyone, no matter what. I'm like, you know, I have to defend free speech for people who believe in free speech. If you come and say, I defend your right to free speech and my right to free speech and then engage in some abhorrent speech, I'll be like, well, I'm glad you said it. The people in New York who are celebrating what Hamas did, I'm glad they're saying it. I want to hear it. I want to know this. Black Lives Matter posting the, 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 the paraglider and saying they stand with, with Palestine. Good. Tell everyone who you really are. What happens? Democrats are now saying they no longer support BLM over it. That's the point. But when the far left comes out and says, we demand free speech, but we won't grant it to you, I'll be like, no, 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 no. We, we play by these rules, okay? I'm not going to give you political advantages when you seek to oppress, suppress, and destroy. If I and someone else can sit down for a casual conversation and we both agree we should be allowed to have our ideas and express them and challenge each other, good. But this, as soon as someone comes up and says, I have a right to keep it bare arms, but you don't, I say, not going to fly. If you want to take my guns from me, then I want to take yours from you. Get it? What happens when you have one faction saying only we can have the guns? 
uh, the ones who lose the guns lose the war. They lose their rights. They become oppressed. So what do you think happens when you have far leftists saying only we should be allowed to speak? I say, no, you are more dangerous and shouldn't be allowed in that regard. Now, for the most part, I say that somewhat, um, somewhat in a facetious manner. Right. There are certainly circumstances where I want the far left to say the things that they're saying. So I'm not going to tell BLM no more speech for you when they're out when they're outing themselves as violent extremists. Right. So the reality is I actually do like it when they speak. But my point is this right now, as these Harvard students are getting blacklisted, I ain't shed no tears and I am not going to come defend you because these people outright support abject evil. Take a look at this. Chris Backey tweets, the law students at Harvard are beginning to really sweat the fact that they might get fired from their first year associate jobs, helping Dow Chemical cover up pesticide spills in small town reservoirs simply because they supported a terrorist organization in law school. <laughs> I don't know who this is Chris Backey. That's a very, uh, uh, what is it, ex-founder with exits to X. I don't know. I don't know who he is, but uh, uh, it's a really well-crafted tweet. Their jobs helping Dow Chemical cover up pesticide spills in small town reservoirs simply because they supported a terrorist organization. Bravo, sir. Statement by the Harvard undergraduate Nepali Student Association. We regret that our decision to co-sign the latest PSC statement to call attention to historical injustices against Palestine with an earnest desire for peace has been interpreted as a tacit support for the recent violent attacks in Israel. Oh, really? We deplore the attacks that have taken the lives of hundreds of innocent civilians, including 10 Nepali students in Israel. We are deeply saddened by this news and mourn the lives that we have lost in the Nepali community. We worry for the many of people trapped in the midst of an escalating conflict to ensure that our stance on the uh, on the condemnation of violence by Hamas and support for a just peace remains clear. We retract our signature from the statement, though uh, through this message, we hope to send love, strength and solidarity as multiple communities around the world including us, continue to process the loss uh, of those who have left us too early. Culture war victory. They've backed down. You see, let me tell you what these people were doing. They thought the far left view, the Black Lives Matter view was the dominant view, and they would defend Hamas. And they got a cold wake up call when the cash was pulled out from underneath them. Money talks, BS walks. You were on the wrong side of history. And so what happens now? Uh oh, you're not going to get hired anywhere. You're blacklisted. Your degree is worthless and you've wasted your life. And they're realizing it. You see, many of these people don't actually believe in Black Lives Matter. And I've warned them the same as everybody else. Stop standing behind evil liars and manipulators because you think they have power. Because it is those who stand up for truth and justice who will prevail. And so what happens? We stood beneath the boot of cancel culture and these far left extremists. They got preferential treatment. But now people are realizing who these extremists really are and their power is being stripped from them. But all those who were uh, collaborators, let me apply the same rules the far left would apply. We'll apply them to you. You collaborated with oppression, with extremism, with violence, with murder, with riots. And now you're starting to cry. Oh, no. You're not going to get hired. We see the cowards you really are. You didn't actually care for these causes. You just were more, you were more terrified of those lunatics than you were of the sane, rational people who were trying to be 
reasonable with you. And so we get it. Those of us who don't want war with Israel or Palestine, who don't agree with everything Israel does, have legitimate criticisms of what Israel does, but understand that Hamas is killing civilians as a principal uh, 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 strategy for for what they represent. And we condemn that outright. We try to be reasonable here. That's the conversation we have at Timcast. We bring on individuals who are pro-Palestine. Absolutely. Tell me your views. And Phil argues very, very uh, uh, passionately with Max because we want truth, but we want to be reasonable. Innocent people should not die. Israel, what do they say? They say we will try to minimize casualties. Do they always? I don't know. There's criticism of it, right? They're allowed. You're allowed to criticize them. And a lot of people are upset. They feel they're not allowed to criticize them. Well, they should be allowed to criticize them. These people were cowards who thought they were standing by power and not truth. Because the far left said there is no truth but power. And these people believed it. Wake up call. Truth prevails. The truth will set you free. And so now they're walking it back like cowards. Sure. Well, good luck. I'll leave it at that. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Earlier this week, we got a super chat on Timcast IRL from someone who referenced the red heifer. I didn't know anything about it. So I did a quick Google search and found an article from forward.com, Jewish independent nonprofit, where they wrote, holy cow, can one heifer herald the third temple and the end of the world as we know it? You see, it's not so much about whether you believe in uh, uh, these uh, religious prophecies or superstitions or anything like that. It's that there are people who do. And the argument was with the birth of a red heifer in Israel just this past month, there will be attempts by people who believe this to construct the third temple. They believe it could result in the tearing down of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Honestly, I had no idea about any of this. I don't follow this stuff. I'm not big on this, but I decided let's read this article because I do find it very interesting considering everything that's going on, that on September 8th, Forward wrote this well before these attacks. Can one heifer herald the third temple in the end of the world as we know it? Well, let's read it. Mira Fox writes, the days of the third temple are apparently upon us. Why? It's all thanks to a cow. I like cows. Cows are funny. You drive, you know, and and everyone knows this. When you drive down the road, there is no circumstance in which a cow is seen that someone doesn't say cow. And you all know it. We love cows. In the Bible, red heifers feature heavily in temple law. The cows must be pure red without even two hairs of another color and without any form of blemish. And they're an essential part of sacrificial purity laws. Their ashes are required, according to passages in Numbers, to purify the temple's priests and its altars. But these laws have long been irrelevant. After all, there hasn't been a temple in well over a millennia in which to slaughter the cows. Some religious stories, however, say that before the third temple is built, heralding the messianic era long prayed for by both Jews and Christians, a pure red heifer will be sacrificed again. In Judaism, this era is prophesied to mean the coming of a time that includes the return of biblical laws of purity, thus allowing for true holy life. For evangelical Christians, it would herald the end times, the return of Jesus to earth and the rapture. This belief has long driven Christian Zionism and Christian lobbying on behalf of Israel. For both groups, there are a few requirements for this time to arrive. The restoration of the nation of Israel, 
Jerusalem becoming a Jewish city again, which was accomplished sort of by Israel in 1967 and the birth of a red heifer to purify it all. And here we go. It happened, apparently. Apparently, according to a breathless announcement in the UK tabloid, The Mirror, a red heifer has been born, the first born in Israel in 2000 years. The Temple Institute, a Jerusalem-based organization led by American-born Orthodox rabbi Chaim Rickman, advocates for building the third temple. They have said that they will be examining the calf carefully as it grows for blemishes in order to see if the time is right to start the construction. Okay, so apparently this uh, red heifer was born. And uh, when it grows up, it may have a blemish. So who knows? They say the heifer herself. This particular calf is not an accident. The Temple Institute has been working to breed a sacrificial cow for years. After importing red Angus cows from Nebraska, the most recent calf is not the first birth that has been announced with great excitement. And several have also been shipped in from the U.S. where evangelical Christian farmers support the Jewish efforts. (laughs) This is nuts. While some Jews believe the third temple can only be built in the prophesied messianic age, groups like the Temple Institute believe that the Jews have to take the prophecy into their own hands. In their interpretation, the long prayed for epoch, epic, can only come once the temple has been built and purified, and they believe that's upon them. The Institute maintains an active YouTube channel where they post temple talk, podcast episodes, Torah lessons, and videos detailing their efforts to pave the way for a third temple including recreating dozens of temple vessels. They have also built a giant gold menorah, according to Torah specifications, and weighing in at half a ton, including 45 kilograms of 24 karat gold. It currently stands in the central plaza of the Jewish quarter in Jerusalem's holy city, ready to be kindled in the rebuilt holy temple, according to the Institute's video. Bana Israel, another pro-third temple group, has both Jewish and Christian members that, according to its website, work on actively bringing the redemption closer. They are responsible for shipping several red heifers from Texas to the U.S. earlier this year. And Rabbi Yitzchak Mamo, I'm trying to pronounce it right, from yet another third temple group, Ovni Jerusalem, told the Christian Broadcasting Network that he has planned a ceremony for Passover 2024 to slaughter the imported heifers assuming they have not developed any blemishes before then. Mamo said he bought a plot of land overlooking the Temple Mount 12 years ago, specifically in hopes of using it for the slaughter ceremony and beginning preparations for the third temple's construction. All right. So what is this? The the trouble with a third temple. The destruction of the temple is one of the greatest tragedies in Judaism. But building a new one, the, the third temple, is a complicated, controversial proposition, both religiously and politically. The Temple Mount The former site of the second temple is currently the home of the Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa Mosque, both holy sites in Islam. But Jerusalem is under Israeli control. The Temple Mount is managed by an organization called the Jordanian Waqf, the Israeli soldiers controlling ingress and egress. The Western Wall, Judaism's most holy site, is at its base, holy for its proximity to the former site of the temple but access to the hilltop is restricted for non-Muslims. The Jewish prayer inside the area has been officially prohibited for most of Israel's existence. Interesting. Geopolitics aren't the only issue, however. Jewish scholars, including the Israeli rabbinate, have ruled the grounds are off limits to Jews. The Holy of Holies, the inner portion of the temple, access to which was restricted only to purified high priests, 
is unknown at the temple's destruction, and ritual law forbids anyone impure from entering. Due to the impossibility of temple purity without a temple, this means the possibility of accidentally coming into contact with the inner sanctum while impure is too high. Others argue the third temple cannot be built until the messianic era, prayed for and predicted in the Jewish texts, arrives. Not all Jewish scholars agree, however, they never do. Jewish groups have, especially in recent years, been allowed to pray to the Temple Mount. At least one group, Shalom Jerusalem, led by Yehuda Glick, has made promoting and establishing Jewish prayer on the Temple Mount its mission. And though the rulers have officially remained unchanged, Israeli soldiers have protected Glick and other Jewish worshipers on the hilltop. So, uh, look, I don't know. But there are people arguing that a lot of what we are seeing now is because there is an effort to manifest the end of days. And we've talked about it on uh, Timcast. I'll, I'll read uh, uh, the, the bit last in a second. There are conspiracy theories. There are people who want revelations to occur. Revelation. They want the apocalypse, which means revelation. New knowledge, enlightenment. So what they're doing is, instead of waiting for the signs, they're creating them. And that's essentially what they're arguing. Some of these people of the Third Temple Institute believe. They believe that they must make the prophecies happen. Forward says, the movements toward building a third temple have generally resulted in violence. Jewish prayer on the Temple Mount is seen by Palestinians as an assertion of Israeli authority on the holy site. And when a red heifer was in Haifa in the 90s, a columnist in Heretz even wrote that it should be shot before it caused another intifada. But a true believers, the controversy makes no sense. They believe that the third temple will be a source of God for all people and usher in an era of world peace, despite evidence to the contrary. This will be interesting, right? If people really believe this, then it wouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. If you truly believe in your faith that the, the end of times is near and the red heifer was born. That being said, this story is not that someone ran from their cattle farm frantic with a photograph saying, it was born, it was born finally in 2000 years. Oh, heavens me. No, this is a story about people importing and intentionally trying to breed red heifers that are pure so they can perform this ceremony. It's political. If Israel decimates Gaza, flattens it, levels it, as Lindsey Graham called for in a psychotic statement, then what, the, what will the opposition be? The fear was that in the 90s, there could be an intifada. There would be violence and terror. But right now we're facing it. If Israel decimates Hamas and leaves nothing standing, then there can be a sacrifice of the red heifer and no one to stand in opposition. And this is the point that people were making when they commented on Timcast IRL, that it could be a political move, that people are attempting to bring about the third temple. Again, I don't really know what all this means. All I know is that I did a Google search and I found this article and I found it interesting that there are people who believe the end of times may be near and thus they want to usher it in intentionally. There are others who have spent their whole lives trying to bring it about. And what if it's all true? Man, I don't know. I don't consider myself a follower of any religious text. I do believe in God. And this is foreign to me. But it could be massive uh, political motivations for religious groups. So you should definitely learn about it and consider it. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at, uh, I believe, 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then.